It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Keeping an objective eye on the NFC East. Well, and also making fun of the Cowboys. Well, thank you very much. It's The Beast, a radio.com podcast about the enemies of the East. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to The Beast. I am Vince Quinn, joined by John Bartra. John, this week sucks. Man, does this week suck. This is just, no one can pull us really out of the depression of all the things of being a 4-5 and team, but I think we might be able to shine a little light on the division and just, and you're going to say, well, who cares, John? The, uh, The Cowboys beat them and they're bad. You know, and the Washington is is a uh, is, man. It's just an it's the oddest bird in the in the in the world. I can't I can't really <laughs> figure them out. And there's some mind blowing stats that we've talked about this week. So, you know, um, this division's stupid. It's not bad. It's not weird. It's not good. It's just stupid. This division's stupid. Yeah. Um. I. It's so weird to watch because you had one like Washington was your model uninspiring nine and seven team. They they were perfect for it. They ran the ball a lot. They played acceptable defense. They didn't turn the ball over. They're they're a team that nobody likes to watch, but they can win enough football games. Now they lose everybody. They play the worst game you've ever seen in your life when they played Tampa Bay. Holy shit, that game was that game was terrible. Awful. How do you have Tampa Bay has 450 yards and three points. <laughs> Hashtag yards don't matter. Three points in 450 yards of offense. That just tells you everything. It's you know, unbelievable. Did you also hear the stats about Washington this week? These are mind-blowing. No, what were the numbers? Number one, they have never, ever had a lead change. Oh, yes! Never. Crazy! So if you score on them first, they lose. That's how you beat them. It's it, they're a turtle! Number two, Alex Smith has thrown 178 yards exactly 
for the last three games. 178 yards, 178 yards, 178 yards. How are they winning football games? That's impossible. There's no lead changes, and they fucking don't even throw for 200 yards. And Adrian Peterson hasn't been great like great the last two weeks. Yeah. What the fuck? They've lost their punch, dude. Like they, <laughs> they don't have Richardson, who was their deep threat, so he's gone, he's out. Chris Thompson's been injured for the last couple of weeks. He's had a rib issue. Then you factor in that their guards, both of their tackles are hurt. Like they're they are in such crazy dire straits that as much as they had an identity, and again, it was incredibly boring identity, um, they lost that. And you could see it in that game. So so here's the thing, because what my theory over the last couple of weeks has been that the skins are going to go 9-7. and seven. That's what you got to compete with. Yep. And, you know, that sets the bar for everybody. But now, where we stand at this point, skins are 6-3. and three. I don't see them winning more than 8. Wow. Oh, man. One, two, we should get it. We definitely have to understand why that is. And I'm just going to say this first, because I kind of lean towards you. Okay. Washington is a plus one in point differential. Point. And they were a <laughs> massive. Minus, they were a minus 13, I think, going into, yeah, minus 12 going into uh, this week. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys, plus 10. The Giants, minus 51. <laughs> and the Eagles <laughs> have the best point differential in the, the NFC East at 15, plus 15. Mm-hmm. So um, that... I mean, that doesn't tell you everything either. That's just kind of up in the air. But no one has a winning streak. No one's, you know, everybody's all over the place. And have you looked at the rest of the schedule? Is that what you're kind of saying? I've got all the schedules. Oh, in right, my goodness. Yeah. I've yes, got the schedules for all the teams. Let's do this because I this, this is what it is. Like, it is, I think if your expectations now are, man, this Eagles team is not a Super Bowl dynasty. That's yeah. That's fine. Yeah, you know that's you, true. I mean, I'm not gonna as it keeps saying. I'm not gonna sugarcoat anything. But I, I we can still have a little fun, right? I mean, to try or at least try to have a little fun. The Eagles have to do their part of it, but tell us the path of how they get to win the division. Yeah, they, they at the very least they got to go eight and eight. I think that, really eight and eight could do this thing. Now it's mm. going to come down to tiebreakers. And that's going to be a bit of a messy affair because when you get the tiebreakers first, it's going to be head-to-head stuff. So you're going to have to win some games against Washington. Um, you're going to have to win at least one against Washington. You're going to have to beat Dallas now. You're going to have to go into Dallas and beat them because if it's 8-8 eight and eight and Dallas is 8-8 eight and eight too, and they very well could be. Looking at their schedule, they could be 8-8. Eight and eight. They play Tampa Bay. They play the Giants coming up. They play the Colts. They play the Eagles again. I mean, Washington, like they've hmm. got opportunities to go and be an 8-8 eight and eight team. So you have to go and, and win these divisional games. So you look at this whole thing, and we could, yeah, we could have a three-way tie, which is beyond fascinating to me. One of the games, by the way, as we're looking at the NFC East and how this is all going to shake out, one of the biggest things remaining uh, for the Eagles and, and really everybody else is the Houston Texans. Because they play for the Eagles, they play the Texans. That's going to be Week 16. Yep. But everybody is playing the Texans. They're all playing the AFC South. So how do they do against those teams? For the Eagles, Houston is going to be one of the biggest, best teams they have left on the schedule. It's New Orleans, it's LA, it's Houston. Those are the big three. And theoretically, you can lose all three of those games and still go eight and eight. Yep. So the the Houston game is a big one, though. Um. So they play Houston. Washington plays Houston this week, 
which is the beginning of why I think Washington is not going to win eight games or, you know, or win nine games because right. they're going to lose to Houston. You play Dallas. I think they lose to Dallas at this you point. You understand what you're, you're telling everybody, though. A 6-3 and three team is not going to win three more games. Yeah, they're not. They're only going to win two I, I, out of their last uh, seven. I'd say it's I, their ceiling is nine and seven, but they could very realistically go eight and eight. I mean, they're they're just totally. How about this? Yeah, have you ever had a cell phone that it once it gets to? Trust me on this. Have you ever had a cell phone that gets to fifteen percent? Top of the line phone, right? You, you just got it. Sure, it's at fifteen percent. It's powered down. The screen's a little dim. Hey, nice phone can do a lot of shit, but it's just not at that same capacity that it normally operates at. That's Washington. Like they just don't have the juice. That they used to. And for a team that isn't all that dynamic anyway, I mean, these games are tough. Like, Jacksonville, as bad as they are, that's a tough game for Washington to play. That is a very tough matchup. Tennessee is a tough game for them. Hell, they could lose to the Giants at this point. Giants put up some points, you know? So, like, you look at Washington, and sure, their schedule isn't all that inspiring. They play the Eagles twice. The Eagles kind of stink. They're playing Dallas. Dallas kind of stinks. But, like... Any of those teams could beat Washington right now, right? So certainly. So Washington, not impressive. Very well could go eight and eight. Um, you look at Dallas. Dallas has some games. Like, can they win four of these next games? Like uh, Atlanta, Washington. Okay, New Orleans. They're not going to win. They play the Eagles. Can they beat the Eagles again? Sure. They play the Colts. They play the Bucks. They play the Giants. Like those are some bad teams. Maybe they lose to Tampa Bay because they can put up points once in a while. But I don't know. Like they could very well be eight and eight. That's how muddled and just screwed up this whole division is, is everybody is such a mess. The schedules are are not clear in any way that, like, it's the easiest path on the road because Washington had that path, and then they just got mauled. They had the plague in a single week. And, like... I, I mean, it's not not every year that you see an 8-8 division winner, but it's often enough. Uh, Certainly. I think that's what we're kind of expecting. It's what it looks like now, you know? I mean, it's amazing how many Cowboys fans actually, after beating the Eagles, are just going, ah, yeah, Amari Cooper was totally worth it, and we're coming back, and maybe Dak Prescott is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz. It's amazing what comes out of their mouths. But um, this is unsustainable for Washington. And this might end up being like the Giants two years ago where they're just propped up by crap, uh, and all of a sudden they just... You know, they, they had this, it, it almost feels the same. The point differential wasn't there. They were winning really close games. Uh, somehow, you know, people were yeah. just giving games away to them. A lot of things that could go wrong here. Maybe they don't, though. You know, that's the other, that's the other worry here is like, you, you, I mean, you made incredibly solid arguments towards all of that because I agree with you. Like, it, it just, it should veer that way at some point, especially when they're playing the Houstons, the Tennessee, and, and the Jaguars because that's, they really haven't faced any really tough teams. I don't know if we can call the Jaguars that, but their defense just lines up so goddamn perfectly with the, I their know, offensive philosophy. Was- and you're just going Washington. It's so yeah. I mean, like I do think Washington has a. a I mean, you just look at all the games that they, they they got absolutely demolished by the Saints, and I'm sure that the Eagles will too. But. Um, they can't hold up. They can't that, hold up. Yeah, that's when they were yeah. talented. That's when they had healthy players. Right. They don't have those. How bad did they look in that Tampa Bay game? Really bad. And is that going to be an aberration, or is that the expectation that's going for? That's the expectation yeah. going for. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. It took a historically bad game from Tampa Bay to have that many yards and that few points and all those turnovers. Like they, Just throwing a fucking football into the... 
<laughs> to their own end zone. Like, what are you was, doing? They were such a mess. It was horrible, the game that they played. So for the Eagles, you're looking at Washington. You're saying, man, they were going to be a 9-17. and That's the bar. The bar just got lower. So that's one of the things you feel good about. Um, yeah, And, and you got to keep an eye, especially with Washington. Houston, Jacksonville, Tennessee, all common opponents. How do they do in those games? Something absolutely to keep an eye on. Um, that's the third tiebreaker, common opponent. Now, the other thing is... When you're the Eagles here, and we're talking about Washington, you got to win those games. Like you can't lose to Washington the uh-uh. rest of the way here. You cannot afford, under any circumstance, to lose a game to Washington. I mean, they're in horrible shape if that happens. Because all right, you lose one of those games to Washington. You're going to lose to the Rams. You're going to lose to the Saints. So you're already at that point. That's eight losses. Now you can't lose. To Dallas, you can't lose to Houston. Uh-uh. Like, honestly, and, and I hate to say this because I know the Giants blow. This team right now, uh, they get blown out by the Saints. They play the Giants. The Giants are trying to scrap away, and, you know, they can put up points on occasion. I don't know. Maybe the Giants beat the Eagles. Well, what did you say about uh, – tell tell everybody what the Giants have done in the last – what. Uh, this year in terms of point totals, right? Well, so this is this is part of the reason why you have to win these games. Like, yeah. like the Giants are not a pushover in the way that the Giants have scored more than 24 points three times this year. They've done it three times. They've scored 27 twice, and they put up 31 points against the Panthers. That was, that was a hell of a performance yeah. by them. Um, the Eagles have done it once. And they did it once against the Giants yeah. at home in a game where the Giants just didn't have it and they got wrecked. Now, their offensive line looks a little bit better. They've been putting up, you know, like they just put up 27 last week. Um, maybe they can do that against the Eagles when they're at home. You know, like OPJ goes off. We've seen what Saquon can do. The Eagles are ravaged by so many injuries right now. Though. Like, it's just like, God dang. I know, unless but it's, the way unless, things are going. Unless, like you said, like if by some miracle... Uh, New Orleans has, has a misstep here, or just the Eagles just outplay them. Which is, listen, I'm not gonna. Huh, all right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it. I, it is possible. It is possible that you can get into a shootout with the Saints and go win. It's possible. Possible. It's highly unlikely, but it's possible. But if they do somehow win that battle, there could be a down game against the Giants. That's, that's a, that, and that's that would true be too, and that would be the weird. That would be in line with you know, like of course they're going to beat Dallas. Of course they're going to lose to the Saints. Of course they're going to beat the Giants, and all of those could get flipped around, and it's the same amount of loss. This just yeah. depends on who they do it against. Yeah. yeah so, so this is going to be a fascinating thing. Again, eight and eight could really win the division. It might just come down to tiebreakers at eight and eight. So you're keeping an eye on everything. Let and me ask you this: Are you okay with that? Am I okay with it? Like, because people are just saying, and they have that mentality, just like we were saying before of. Well, this isn't this isn't a dynasty after its second year of winning the Super Bowl, but I don't care, like to me. I don't care anymore. I don't care anymore about this specific season being all gangbusters and you're not, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, whatever record you want to throw out there to make yourself good. Yeah, feel good. Seven and three. You're not seven and three, um, uh, but. If they get into the playoffs, I'm I, I I'm still going to be excited by that. I don't care if it's eight and eight or nine and seven or seven and nine. To be honest with you, just get in, just I, get in, and we'll see what happens. It'll be nice just for the short term of them making the playoffs. Now it's going to change the narratives around this team a little bit, and I I don't feel so good about that. I think we got to be pretty harsh in how we evaluate them, regardless of, of whether or not they make it to the playoffs. Um, 
I I worry about the way that they've gotten to this point. They're injured, John, but they're not injured to the point where you're playing as bad as they are week in and week out on I think offense. Off- yeah, yeah, offensively you can say that. And this is supposed to be about Doug Peterson too. When you're talking about a dynasty, let's talk about the best teams in the NFL, right? I mean, we're looking at the Rams, and they're doing it again this year. They added the talent. They got better. Yep. Everything looks good. You've got the quarterback. You've got the coach. That's going to be a dynasty. Like They're going to be, at the very least, they're going to be a contender all the time. Ben Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin, player, coach. Tom right. Brady, Bill Belichick, player, coach. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, probably going to work. Why? Player and coach. Saints, yep. Drew Brees, Sean Payton, player and coach. You need that. And if Doug Peterson's going to turn out to not be the offensive guy that we thought he was, and this year he's not that guy even a little bit, then even if they make the playoffs this year, you still have to worry about them massively long-term because they might not have the coach. Wow, we're there already, huh? I, you got to be real. I mean, this is the first time we're seeing him without Frank Reich. Wentz is doing everything he yeah, needs to. But there's to. been no time to adjust on that either. I mean, think about, you mentioned Drew Brees, you know, who went from 2009 winning the Super Bowl um, to having a statistically uh, a better year than next year in 2010 and the Saints not being as good, you know? And I'm sure that's the same. Wentz is on the same path for that as well. I'm not saying that there isn't room for criticism with Doug Peterson. There there has to be. But you also have to give him time to adjust to all these things, too. I mean, you lost your ass. You lost your coaches, your players, all of it. And you didn't really get any help uh, from guys that have been here before on the defensive and the offensive side of the ball. No one stepped up to be like, all right, we got to shake these cobwebs off. It's been the same same thing, you know? Yeah, no, it's, it has been a bit of a regression year. So I don't want to kill Doug Peterson because the turnovers, like, what do you do in terms of turnovers, right? Like, it's yeah. in, in part hey, it's don't chance. throw interceptions to fucking LVE. Thank you. On the, on the second drive when the defense well, gives you a three and out. Yeah, but like... Run better scripted plays, you can say, cause, uh, and you can check that out, 94WIP.com. LA does a really good article on that. He went in depth on all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are th- tangible things about Doug that you can fix, but you're right. How do you fix turnovers? So, yeah, or that's not the getting thing. them? Exactly. How do you, how do you not tell Jim getting Shorts? Them. Exactly. Like, Go get more turnovers. Yeah, you can't <laughs> make the quarterback make a bad pass or, or whatever. Like, it's just... So some of it's regression, and I don't want to kill Doug yet, but we put him, and I did it too, I put him on this elevated status of he is clearly one of the best coaches in the NFL, and that's a given. And it's so not, why are we it, taking away from him? It's not a given now. Why are we taking away from him over, over a couple of, you know, uh, not great games to start the or for the next season after they won the Super Bowl? After, why uh, am I taking it away right yeah, now? Yeah, why are we taking it away after nine games? Because I haven't seen game planning that that is effective. I haven't seen play calling that's effective. And those are Doug's problems. But we've like, seen it before. But we've seen it before with a different staff. Well, sure, but we saw, but we thought, saw it in 2016 and we were firing Doug. And everybody's saying he was averting to 2016 with that same staff. So which one is it? We can't have it both ways. We can't, have, we can't say that, that Frank Reich and, and DiFilippo are so valuable and so important. Then why weren't they so valuable and important in 2016? Is it strictly just a talent perspective? Is that what we're saying? That that's what caused it? Even though that a lot of people wanted him fired? 2017, they get it all together. 2018, they lose those coaches. They get injured. They aren't as talented on offense. And now everybody's saying, well, 
You know, the GM stripped away. For all the arguments that we say about this offense, about we need a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, or et cetera, et cetera. We need a guy like uh, a speed burner and Mike Wallace that they did. And he had a, a, a five quarters to contribute to this offense. Matt Collins, who, by the way, everyone's just suddenly poo-pooing, by the way. It's like, oh, he's just, Which a, is ro- ridiculous. He's just a role player. Meanwhile, we're starting to have it. I mean, we're having fun with it, but we're calling him a Hall of Famer because he was catching everything in practice. He was contributing last year. And then all of a sudden, he's not here either. Like, there were... There are certain things about this offense and Alshon Jeffrey missing for three weeks, not having your fucking MVP candidate for those things. All those things matter. And then you have to keep adjusting on the fly. It's hard to do. It's been a hard job. I'm not saying it's it's, you know, but there are things that you can do strategically that I feel like he's ignored. And I don't know. Like, that's why I'm so curious about next year. This point, this year is is such a wash. They just, there's something about Mojo and they don't have it. Definitely. And I don't, I don't think you're going to catch it. There's just too many things to break it up. The Saints game is going to kill you this week. And then you've got the Rams in a couple of weeks. That's going to take any momentum you you have. Like, it, it's a crap year, but I don't know about I, that. Ram- Honestly, I really think they can beat the Rams on the road. Well, the Rams I, have not been great at home. So Seattle gave him a hell of a game. Green Bay gave him a hell of a game. It's just they don't they just don't score any points like that's I, true. Oh, well, that's true. So I don't know. But, you know, even if they lose that game again, going back to all of this with the division, they could still go eight and eight. Like we're talking about eight and eight, John. It's such an incredibly Low bar. Sorry for dying on the microphone. How dare you? Yeah. Um, actually, we're we're gonna burn the tape. That's that's our burn the tape. We're just gonna we're gonna shut the show down right here. There's no coughing. This is a flawless no coughing. program. No coughing. Uh, no coughing. So, um, yeah, like. I, There's no, nothing I, inspiring I, I, here. I, I get what everybody's saying. There isn't. I'm not inspired. I'm just saying, um, my, and it doesn't mean that you can't be critical. You absolutely should be critical. This is unacceptable. But I'm I'm telling you, man. I just I don't. Have it. I don't have it in me to then suddenly throw everything out and go, this thing stinks. And we are so bad. I'm bad at it, too. I'm, I'm lumping myself in it. We are so bad at believing everything we see. We are so bad at it. And we don't just like take a step back and then and just kind of see all these different things. And we still have the same expectations of coming into the season full well knowing that this. Uh, well, <laughs> this is going to sound arrogant. I wasn't thinking that they were going to win the Super Bowl this year. I, I was I just said let's just see where the chips fall, you know I was I didn't have expectations of these guys are going to come back. I mean it's just imp- it's it's impossible to recreate what they did. It's impossible. Do you realize that? You realize how fucking hard that was last year? It was amazing. I mean all they had literally every move hit. Everyone hit. Everyone. And every depth player hit. Yeah, that's the thing. Somebody went down and Nick Foles fucking <laughs> emoji uh, or eggplant emojied all over oh everything. No one expected that. No, I mean, you might you might have been defending Nick Foles and then fine, but you were saying running in defense, man. I don't forget. I, I remember. No one was saying <laughs> what he did. He'll throw for 450 in the Super Bowl. Everything Fuck worked. It. They ran a goddamn Philly special and it were everything worked. Everything. And that's why I look at this year and as crappy as it's been, it is a bit of a regression year. Now, like last year, yeah. you had a few injuries, but this is what a regular injury racked NFL season it's looks like. It's just piled on top, Vince. Yeah, like that's it's it. just it, it's been a really bad year for them in that way. And that's and that's the break sometimes. Um with the coaching stuff, 
like, yeah, you are going to lose assistance, and it'll be interesting to see how Doug handles that. And that's the thing, like, for perspective on this, as much as this season sucks, and it is weird that we have to debate 8-8, eight and eight, and that's what we're going to obsess about at this point, but when you look at this, when you look at that Super Bowl team, the year before, they weren't anything. Nothing. They, they yeah, didn't they have nothing. any expectations. Right. Now, what you're going to see is a team that had a lot of expectations and failed is going to be underrated next year. That underdog uh-huh. stuff is going to be legitimate again of course. next season. And you would figure, hey, if things get back to form, then there's no reason why they can't go out and compete and, and really do this thing. And that's why the 8-8 eight and eight stuff, by the way, John, is so fascinating. Because think about this. They can go 8-8 eight and eight and they could be a playoff team, which is going to dramatically affect their draft position as well. Um, or they could be eight and eight, and they end up being third place right. in the division. Yeah, and if you're third place in the division at eight and eight, then like one, your draft pick is going to be a little bit better, but also your schedule the next year is going to be a lot easier. You go from a yeah. first place schedule to a third place schedule with the same record potentially based on tiebreakers and all. Like it's it's mind bending the way that this this could really finish with three teams eight and eight at the end of the year. Yeah. We go to like our fourth tiebreaker, and and all hell breaks loose. Right. Exactly, because unless, again, your expectation is, I want to be the Patriots every year, I want to be whatever dynasty you want to throw out there, the best way to win a Super Bowl is, and don't let anyone fool you, the AFC was weak as shit for a very long time, and they just had, uh, uh, it's not taking away from Tom or Ben or Peyton, I'm just saying those were the guys that were always there because they dominated the division, no one else had those quarterbacks, that's how it won. Yep. Kind of the same over here-ish. It's a lot harder. There's more. There's better quarterbacks that are coming in through. The easiest way to win a Super Bowl is to have a third-placed week schedule, get a home field advantage, just as we saw, and then carry on, and hopefully you win the Super Bowl. That's it. Yeah. That's how everything from the NFC has basically worked out so far. Uh, and, uh, you know, except for the Seahawks. They had a first-place schedule. They went back there. You know, and I know that's they're like, I don't want that, John. I don't want that. I know, but I'm just saying Vince makes a good point. They could sink back down at <laughs> eight and eight in third place, have pick, you know, 15 through 20 or whatever it's going to be, and maybe that helps. But, yeah. dude, there's going to be have to have to be an incredible, an incredible draft in 2019, which we talked about um, on the uh, around the locker room. You're more than welcome to hear that. You want to check the phones real quick, Vince? Yeah, let's go to the phones, John. Uh, 267-245-6066 anytime you want to get in and uh, feel free to leave us leave us message there oh, is a can oh, I yeah, follow ahead. up by the way I wanted to figure out what it's spe- like if we could oh, get yeah, anything yeah. Did, we, did you get anything there's really nothing yeah good. there's nothing uh, good. There, it's like the 267 is cop 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 <laughs> so oh, no you've got that um, and then at the end since it, it was 6066 the letter O is on the 6 Oh, so right, you could okay. have so you could have O zero O O, which confuses the <laughs> shit out of everybody. So you could have like cop cop O zero O O. Yeah, like, like what? You know? <laughs> excuse me. So I don't know. It, it it's a mess. But anyway, two six seven two four five sixty sixty six. This is Pete from San Jose, California. I'm an Eagles fan. You know, been an Eagles fan for a while. I want to say I'm more disappointed with this team, uh, with the way this offense has been playing all year. You know, we can't put more than 24 points. Can't put more than 20 points. And I think that's the reason why we're losing. Absolutely. And my girlfriend is a fucking Saints fan, and her brother is a Saints fan, and they become hella fucking annoying. So, <laughs> Eagles, please win the next fucking game <laughs> that would uh, just for your own sanity there uh, pete i i hope that uh that comes that comes true there's nothing there's nothing more annoying 
than having uh, the enemy around you at all times. That guy fascinates me because he also said, he said Hella. Hella is like, uh, where do you say he's from? San Jose. Yeah, San Jose. So there you go. He's got that West Coast vibe. He's yep. surrounded by Saints fans. He's an Eagles fan. He's all over the place. <laughs> Pete, uh, we'll send you a care package or something if it gets really bad. Just let us know. And yeah, by the way, and this week, it's probably going to get really bad. So we appreciate the call, but Santa's up, waiting for a month. What's up, guys? This is Anthony all the way down at Chattanooga. What's up, Anthony? The window's still wide open, even if we don't get it done. But yeah, there's still a possibility we can go on a run and, you know, win the division, which would be great and all. But even if that doesn't happen, like, the Cowboys are going to re-sign that, mm-hmm. um, which is dooming them to mediocrity. I mean, Dak, did Dak even complete a pass? further than 20 yards last night. Meanwhile, I know Carson had his moments last night where he looked bad, especially that interception. But meanwhile, he's throwing a 52-yard rope to Nelson Aguilar. I mean, I want the fans like me and my buddies uh, that were down in the basement crying tears when we won the Super Bowl last year. Those are the fans that deserve to be with this team, and those are the fans that will stick around through the good times and the bad. Keep up the good work, guys. I listen to you guys every day all the way down here to the seat. Uh, look at that! Calling the calling the bandwagoners bandwagoners out. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think th- I don't think it's a bandwagon situation. It's just frustrating. You're allowed to get mad. Yeah, everybody yeah. should be mad. I, I mean, honestly, that Dallas loss is the angriest. It's unacceptable. It's the angriest I've been since. Honestly, I think since Chip lost that last yeah. game to Washington. Yeah. Oh wow, that that bad. Uh, it was bad, dude. Phew. They they should. You were off a buy at home against a totally average opponent. You they got the, their ass kicked. You know what's funny? Buys buys actually don't help. I think I don't think buys help unless you're Andy Reid uh, coming off the buy uh, overall in the NFL. I don't think it's good, and no one's figured out. I would how love or why. to see what those numbers are off the yeah. buy actually, but and especially off the buy at home, dude. I mean, they've lost so many home games now this year. Like it's what just, happened to the Cowboys the week before. It's bad. That's what I'm saying. Tennessee just said, yeah. Nope. And they're and oh, they're Tennessee. Oh my God, they're back, John. That's what I'm saying. And they're they're on that that that's not supposed to happen. No. So uh, and again, that was also. Uh, uh, a night game on a short week, and the Cowboys are coming in short. Like I just think the bye week throws you off of your routine, and you're not on your routine. And then once you get back on it, it's hard to get going, and that's why Dallas slumped their way through all that stuff. Could be. Now, here's one of the things that I want to try to find silver linings, right? Yeah. So now that we're at this weird point where eight and eight could win the NFC East and get you in the playoffs, there's worse things than Dallas making the playoffs, John. Because think about this. They're going into the offseason where Dak Prescott is going to get a contract. Yeah. They're going into an offseason where Amari Cooper is going to get a contract. Ant's right. I mean, you look at that stuff, Dallas making the playoffs would be a pretty good thing. Uh, Not that their first-round pick matters because they don't have one anyway. So you make the playoffs, then... You sign Dak for more money because he, it's going to add a couple of million dollars on top the second you get qualified for the playoffs. Hey, he made it to the playoffs twice. Had this big run at the end of the year. He's hot. How are you going to say no to this guy? Like They have all the leverage in this situation. Jerry keeps giving him leverage. Could be worse. I mean, yeah. like that was kind of the dream scenario. We talked about that at the beginning of the year. If Dallas makes the playoffs or has a good enough season where they go and re-sign Dak for a bad contract, uh, that's a massive long-term advantage for the Eagles. you got to be like as much as I don't want to say you got to be excited about Dallas making the playoffs, there are good things if the Eagles don't make it and Dallas does. And this is something that we've preached for weeks now. No matter what happens this season, the division is still kind of behind. You know, uh, 
I mean, are we a little unfair to Dak Prescott? Probably. And we we have our biases in there, but I I've always I've always thought Dak was a good quarterback. I always thought he was, but he's not. Like the evidence shows that he's not. You know, and and when you have to start out things like mentality and a winner, that's the death nail. <laughs> that is the death nail for any quarterback ever. And you're and yeah, I mean this could this could switch a whole bunch of different things for the Giants too, for Washington. Like they might feel comfortable with what they have and you know, and then Dan does Dan things, Jerry does Jerry things. Hopefully, you know, all of this kind of pans out. And not to say that there's I mean, there's risks for the Eagles there too, but they've got their quarterback figured out. Um, they've got most of their offensive line figured out. You gotta find a replacement for Jason Peters, but there's at least a guy that can be serviceable enough to grow somebody. My lot is a Hall of Famer. Well, I right? think so, too. He's a guarantee. <laughs> it, it's done. He's going to be a running back. He's going to be... You see, yeah. uh, well, we'll get to that Jets-Bills uh, Jets game, but the tackle Man. caught a touchdown pass. Tackle caught a touchdown. That's my lot of time. Fourth and one. You know, bring him in. I know it's... Uh, oh, by the way, uh, so here it is. Since 2008, because I'm using that uh, post-Andy Reid, there is only 13 teams that have a an above 500 record after the bye. Above five hundred, and like a lot of them are five and four, eight and six, eight and six, eight and five, eight and five. So wow, the, a lot of the teams are fifty percent or below coming off of their buy. Now some of those are bad teams, but like you know Dallas is six and six. Um, the Eagles are eight and four since two thousand and eight. That involves Andy Chip and Doug. Yeah. So you know huh. since two thousand three, if you go back there, it's different. But I just noticed the trend in the last ten years that it's not as important That's- anymore. Fascinating. I think because of Thursday night football and all that, you know? Yeah. Just every, everything. everything's kind of screws everybody's up. Yeah. All right. So uh, a couple of quick things I want to do here before we, we run through the league. Um, one is the Giants win, which was great. We want to see the Giants win. Yeah. Keep losing out on... Well, there's no really... You know, it's, you know what's funny? You know? It, it, they win. We win no matter what. Because... Uh, I know we're not fully there, and nor should we be. There are no quarterbacks worth drafting in the first round this year. None. None. And yeah. none of them are ready, either. That's what I'm saying. None that, of them are ready. That's all I've been hearing. I'm yeah. curious to watch the tape, just for that reason, to see what's available for the Giants. And it, it hasn't been a good review. If anything, there's, what, like one or two guys? Yeah, maybe. And, and that's the thing. You look at where the... A lot riskier is what I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. So, right. so here's the thing. You're going to either have to take a massive reach, or they're going to be, you know, they're going to probably take a player that isn't a quarterback. And so when you look at that for the Giants, now that they beat the 49ers, they're third in the draft order. So they're behind San Fran, they're behind Oakland. And if it stays that way, then you know, and Arizona's only got two wins, so yeah. they're, they're right there as well. Like if the if the Giants are the third or fourth pick, they're not going to get that quarterback. Like somebody's going to take quarterbacks ahead of them, or they're going to have to pay even more of a price to move up and take a very questionable quarterback prospect. I dig that. So, which is why they will trade for Derek Carr. Oh my God! Yes, they're going to trade for somebody. Second or third round pick. Yeah, yeah. Oakland will get rid of him. Oh, they, they can't John wait Curran to has, get rid of him. Has no problem moving on to another quarterback. Not, no, no problem. At he's all. dying. He to wants move on. Alex Smith. He wants something that's you know. I mean, anybody would want Alex Smith, I guess. Think? But Maybe like, let's say Ryan Tannehill. Is Ryan Tannehill a free no. agent after this year? Um, he might be, but I don't know. John Green is not a fan of that. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Ryan, maybe Ryan Fitzpatrick. Josh McCown. Yeah. And somebody like that. A veteran quarterback oh that knows the system, and then they'll just go take a rookie in the second or first round or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
And, you know, seven years later, as they get all that time to become a veteran under Gruden, they'll finally play. (laughs) Uh, So, all right, so the the Giants have screwed themselves a little bit in the standings. At this point, John, we got to burn the tape real quick. What do you want to burn? Easy. If Matt Barkley can come off the street and fucking light you up, you have to retire. So everyone in the Jets has to retire. Nathan Peterman did, too. Sadly. Like, like that's that's embarrassing. Burn the tape. Burn it. Burn the... And fire everybody on the Jets. That's 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 ridiculous. The fact that they didn't fire Todd Bowles after that game is a yeah. signal to me as a player that I would never go there. Also, uh, get ready for when they do fire Jim Schwartz at some point, and that's the number one name that everyone wants to replace. Just bring Todd Bowles in here. Oh, he's man. a great. He wasn't a great head coach. No. But he's a fantastic defensive coordinator. No, not again. Just it's 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 going to happen. Not again. Just, just wait for he's it. He's so situationally unaware. I would rather die. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. Todd Bowles sucks. Anyway, burn the Jets to the ground. Yeah, burn the whole franchise down. Sam Donaldson not, actually not sucks. Even just, the game just remember team. that. Well, yeah. it, it, he might if they don't develop him. Um, so, closing thoughts, Johnny Boy. Um, everybody stay healthy because the Eagles are not. <laughs> this whole thing's miserable. I'm going to do another movie take. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we got to go to the vault. Of course. Yeah, so t- two movies, because I was incredibly sick, so I watched a couple of movies. All right. Uh, one, Life of Brian, Monty Python. Not a good movie. <laughs> I, I love Monty Python. Like, I love Holy Grail is like a top five movie for me in, in my my history. Um, that, that movie was just an all-timer for me for so long. I love that movie to death. And... Oh, Life of Brian stunk. It had a couple of, it had like two or three moments where I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. The rest was just like, oh my God, what the hell is going on here? This is a disaster. Um, so Life of Life Brian. Life of Brian is important because of its time and what it tried to do. And that was very not uh, appropriate for any of the times that is there to do all that stuff. But yeah, it's a little bit uh, masturbatory of like, hey, we're we're really smart in it. Yeah. Yeah. It just I'm with you. It, I'm with you. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't do it for me. I respect it though. I respect that movie a lot. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, you know, it's fine. Uh, so so that was one. Two, I saw Taken for the first time. Oh, my God, you haven't watched that yet? I'd never seen it before. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. Like, How many times you got to listen to good luck to, like, you know, good luck? And I'd like to point out, first of all, the tape and his voice do not match up at all. That's a big, like, big hole in the plot. He finally sends a paper back to him and says, good luck. He sounds nothing like the guy on the phone. Yeah. Nothing. The guy on the phone sounds like it's the old movie trailer voice. Good luck. <laughs> and then the end, oh, good luck. It's, they're two completely different voices. No, I know we've got some rights issues. If we were able to slow that down, like, are we able to do that on the podcast in some way? Is I'll find a way. Can we skirt the rules and I do will, that? We won't do it on here, but we'll, I'll have a follow-up on an independent thing. Can we just release it on Twitter or yeah. something? Yeah. yeah. All right. So, <laughs> so we'll do major, that. Major plot hole. I was, I was like, come on, man. I will say this. I did, I did not think the movie was great. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I didn't think it was remarkable. It's fun. Uh, it's it's fun. The the best moment of the whole movie for Taken is Liam Neeson shooting an innocent woman at her own dinner table. It's <laughs> it is the greatest thing that I've ever seen in a movie. Why don't I remember that? He shoots a, the, he fucking walks this. into this woman's house because he wants to meet with the French guy, the French yeah, police yeah. officer. I don't remember him shooting her. He just yeah he shows up in the guy's home. Yeah, and has the, dinner and all that the, stuff. Yeah, before yeah. the guy gets back from work, he's at that guy's house, the French guy's yes, house. I remember that. He's talking with the woman. They're catching up. They're shooting the shit. It's fun. It's lighthearted. They clearly know each other and have a rapport. And then, like, two minutes later, things are not going Liam Neeson's way. He shoots her in the <laughs> fucking arm at her own dinner oh, and table. Oh, doesn't kill her. 
No. Who shoots her in the arm. But he shoots her in the arm. <laughs> it's fine. At her own dinner table. I, I'd shoot anybody if it meant my, my daughter would be able to come back. I'd shoot anybody. Because <laughs> she's about to call the police or something, right? Or call somebody? Well, no. He's he's freaking out. The guy is freaking out. Yeah. And Liam Neeson's trying to get him to be like, shut up, do what I say. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So, so he shoots the guy's wife. Yeah, that's right. The <laughs> next one's in her chest. Yeah. It's just, it was amazing. I was it's like, good work I, by him. That was literally the singular best thing about that movie. It was unforgettable. <laughs> I was like, oh, I've never seen this before, and I'm in love with it. Like, yeah, it, was, yeah. it was great to see collateral like that. So great job, Liam Neeson. Please shoot more innocent people. Yeah. Uh, so, so with that, uh, that's everything we got for this week, John. It's yeah, I been, love it. It's been a wild ride. So, uh, what, what's the number again if people want to call into the hotline? 267 245 6066. Or. Cop 000. Or, or, oh, yeah. Or, oh, well, it's cop, two, the cop, and then the three digits, and then 0000. <laughs> Man, that's not confusing at all. No, not even a little bit. Nothing about this show has been confusing. I'm, I almost said I'm John Bartram. You which are. Is the beginning of saying that everything is confusing. <laughs> uh, so I'm Vince Quinn thinking he's John Bartram. That is John Bartram as John Bartram. Peace. And we'll see you next week.